we have not anticipated fans taking the entire can and upending it. Guys, I'm going to make you set down your teacups and take your pinky fingers and put them back into the fist that they need to be in because this has gotten far too cordial. My plan is to cry a lot and then, no, I'm actually going to do well. Who am I kidding? I'm great. Thankfully, the Red Bulls decided to score some points. I personally am not trying to be a homer or anything, but uh, Joe Rallis. Portland shouldn't be on the playoffs this year because they can't get their act together. 11 mils sitting on your bench, just sitting there when you could invest it into any other position. Hello and welcome to episode four of the MLS Fantasy Insider podcast. This episode is all about the price. That's right. We're talking about price changes today. This episode is brought to you by Major League Soccer because, hey, the game just started. We'll throw them some props this time. Uh, it's, it's actually it's brought to you by MLS Fantasy Boss and the great community over at r slash fantasy MLS. So definitely check that out. Tonight, like I said, uh, we're talking all about the player prices since the game just came out that's there. I'm your host, Reed Conley from MLS Fantasy Boss, and today I'm joined by uh, co-host, like a ghost, Simon, who's back from Japan but had these weird tech issues. He may pop up, he may not. You never know. It's I think we can start a little DraftKings betting on to see what happens if Simon shows up. Uh, but also, we have Jason and Guy are here with us tonight. Hello, What's going friends. on? <laughs> And once again, I'm happy to say that we're joined by Andrew Crollard, who is here to talk about players and stats and things a little bit. So welcome, everyone. Hello. So we're going to jump right into it pretty quickly, but I'll do some of the basic housekeeping. If you're listening to this podcast and you do not know that MLS Fantasy Manager game is live yet, I don't know what's going on. It started Monday, so go out there. Like, stop, hit the pause button right now, and go start your team and then come back. Okay, welcome back. So that's there. MLS has prizes that have been announced. Uh, the prizes changed somewhat. They have still the, the first through ten, and they have their gift cards for that, and then they have the league prizes as well. But this this year we're also going to be having prizes for the highest-scoring player every week, and you get a $25 gift card. Did you guys notice that change yet? I hadn't gone through the pricing or the pricing yet, so no, that's cool. Yeah, neither have I. That's awesome. I think it is great. I mean, it's really going to help. I, I know every year in the past people have been a little discouraged as the season goes on about just what keeps you coming back to the game. Well, this year you could even say, forget it. I'm going to use a wild card. I'm going to go all out for this week at the highest score. You get $25 gift card to the MLS store. That's that's not bad. That's not bad. That'll so buy you props. one sock. That'll buy you one scarf. Uh, so big props MLS for because I think they've done a lot this year to really address some of the, I don't know, concerns or what we want to say, but just some of the feedback that they've been getting from the players. If you're looking for leagues to join, we're going to mention this again at the end of the show, but head over to r slash MLS. There is a stickied post that just has all kinds of leagues as well as the official r slash MLS leagues at the top of the page. So that's about all I have. Do you guys have any quick housekeeping things to touch on before we move on? I do not. Do not. No, nothing. Excellent. Well, then we're just going to jump right into uh, talking about the player prices. So... We're just going to start out, guys, with your general reactions to the prices, and, and I'll fill in for Simon since, since he's not here. Um, 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 well, sorry. That's, that's mean. I'm sorry, Simon. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Blooded. I'm sorry. That, it, it had oh, to be done. He's not here to defend good. himself. And that's all I have to say about that. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. I, I'm pretty pleased with the prices. I, I, I feel like keepers are maybe had a little bit more bloat than I would have enjoyed seeing, but... Uh, 
whatever than that. We still have a budget we can roll around with. I think some of the increases were reasonable for the guys who did well last year. Uh, I think some of the pricing for some of the big names stayed where it was simply because they're big names. But uh, I'm pretty pleased with what it is, and um, I hope I hope you guys are as well. But I don't know. Are you? Um, I think. I mean, really, with the, it's essentially the EPL game plus one bench player. So you've got 20 extra million to play around with. So it doesn't feel like the pricing, to me, just messing around briefly with it, it doesn't feel like the pricing is really a concern at this point because there's just so much extra laying around, you know. So I think I think it'll have uh, more superstar teams than having to find so many values at the beginning of the year, which I like. Yeah, just comparing to what it was last year with them removing two of our bench players, we're essentially gaining $8 million to spread throughout our team. And all of the teams that I've seen so far of first mock-ups are basically just star, 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 and that's the entire team. Um, so I, I think it's going to be a little bit more high-powered this year than what we've seen in the past and relying a lot less on having to find the value players this year. Yeah, I really uh, I, I enjoy all the pro- or I enjoy the prices uh, the way they are. I'm not too fond on the defend the the defenders prices just because I think that you know having your regular defenders at seven million and then everything all your premium defenders are at eight plus. Uh, there's really no room to find the scrubs or anything like that. I mean, we may have, you know, a 5.0 starter, maybe a 6.0 here and there, but, you know, with the subtraction of the other two players, you're going to be able to have a star-studded team. I mean, my, my back line is stacked with, you know, Hedges, Goodson, and um, and more, and that's pretty awesome considering last year you could have maybe one premium defender and, you know, two scrubs and then hopefully have the rest of your team stacked, but... You know, I, I would have liked to see Giovinco been at least 12 million, kind of separating him from everybody else, considering he was the highest point scorer, the league's MVP. Uh, it would have been nice to see him at least, you know, maybe 12, 12.5. God bless you. So, you know, that's that's what I would like to see. Other than that, though, I think it's going to be uh, like you guys said, star-studded lineups on everywhere, and I think that finding the differentials are going to be key to winning this year. Yeah, those are good points. I, I look forward to touching a little bit more on that um, in some of the other sections that we've got coming on. Uh, but I will say, I, I hope people aren't discouraged that, that they can bring in all these studs. Or I, I know people always talk about the, the similarities of teams, but I mean that was the point this year, and Ben even said it last week when he was on the show, was that it, it's fun to have people you know on your team or, or duty. Either, either way, but um, it's it's, it's <laughs> fun to have it's fun to have people you know playing on your fantasy team, so you can pull for those guys and and watch those games too. I mean that's that's some of the ultimate goals of this the system is it trying to help the league. But uh, I think it's a great job to, to do that because I know I I like knowing who the guys are and and just watching people. And if you're listening to us from from over in Europe, and these are probably the people you know, you're you're not going to know the randoms coming in like Parker or someone like that or at, at Montreal or maybe, maybe Hoberry. I don't know. If you're probably not going to know most of the people in Colorado in general, but uh, it's I, I like it. So I'm, I'm glad that we all think that's a, kind of a positive going on. 
So let's get into keepers and defenders, since Jason's already been kind of talking like that. Uh, Guy, what are your just general thoughts on keepers and defenders, and just go from there. Well, I like what you were saying about the keepers. <clears throat> I think they are a bit overpriced, and considering the change in the schedule where there's no bye week now for the first seven weeks, um, it's, it's almost making me lean to just taking a regular keeper and then his backup as opposed to trying to fit two solid keepers on there in a rotation. Um, defenders, yeah, there's they did go up quite a bit in price this year. And I don't, as a general rule, I just don't like expensive defenders. So this is probably the one area that I'm most frustrated with. So, yeah, I mean, it, it is good to have home, you know, the, the home away rotation on your keepers, but uh, I don't know. I, I may just go with a regular keeper and his backup and just stay solid like that based on the price. So I've actually been looking at the home and away rotation issue a lot lately, and uh, I discovered amazingly that there really isn't that big of a difference for goalkeepers. Um, like it was a less than 10% drop-off between the home and away form for goalkeepers in fantasy terms. Um, so I think it really makes sense just to go with one keeper and that's it. You don't even really need to worry about any sort of rotation issue. Um, and, and also with the way the schedule worked out, there's really only one keeper in the entire game that anyone should start with, and that's Gonzalez from Dallas. If you have anybody else, you are doing it wrong. <laughs> um, and with regard to defenders, I'm, I'm definitely with Guy here that buying the expensive defenders just doesn't make sense. So as an example, sticking with Dallas, the difference between Hedges and Lloyd is, I think it was $1.5 million. And the points difference that you're going to get there just simply does not compare to the points difference of that $1.5 million paying up in the attack. So you could upgrade an Adi up to a Giovinco with that $1.5 million. Um, so for me, it's still cheap defenders. Yeah, and for me, I'm just going with a single goalkeeper. Uh, if I were doing anything else, I'd probably go with Gonzalez and Saunders because of the favorable fixtures in the first four weeks. Plus, you can maybe gain some value from Saunders, um, being at he's five mil. Um, and for me, I'm going with uh, one premium defender in Hedges, and then two, you know, around the seven million mark, and then uh, one possible guy that like Hoberry and then a scrub. I I think that that this budget, the 120 mil for 16 spots, affords you the ability to have at least one premium defender. And hey, if you want another premium defender, and still have a stacked midfield and a stacked forward. Um, I don't know. I I think this year maybe you know at least for the first third of the season. Uh, maybe going with some premium defenders like you know like a Hedges or um, you know even a Watson or, or Watson. Um, but yeah, I'm uh, I'm excited for what this uh, what this is going to bring. It's going to be fun. I think you touched on my two favorite defenders to compare Andrew with with Lloyd and and Hedges because yeah they they are just so similar even in the points that they produced last year and and that price difference it. I, I really like looking at those two players and saying you don't need to, to go all out. Well, I mean, that being said, Hedges and Waston are 
the two most expensive uh, defenders in the game at 9.0. Um, so there's, I, I think there's a nice little spread. Uh, I don't know if Waston necessarily deserved to be jump bumped up to a nine, uh, kind of in that Hedges slash Gonzalez territory. No but I mean, he 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 did do well. I just don't know if if that that was quite up there. Um, I, I do think the premium guys are kind of high, but there could be a choice there that people have to make. Since we do have this $8 million that's out there, we could choose to bring in the Javinkos or just load up the midfield, or you could buff up your defense some if you didn't want to go with, with all scrubs. I I want you, though, to touch for a second again, Guy, on what you were talking about with the keepers, and I think you may have mentioned this in another show, but it might be worth repeating, and that's when you say the keeper and his backup, you're not talking about a 4.0 scrub then. You're talking about going with the main guy and the second guy that who could actually play. Why don't you elaborate a little bit on your reasoning behind that? No, yeah. I mean, because when we first looked at the what we thought would be the schedule, we had, what was it, in week four, we thought we were going to have a ton of bye weeks. So now that we don't have any bye weeks, and there's only two bye weeks in week seven, um... Kind of what Andrew was saying. There's just no reason for us to have to try to plan for a rotation in the MLS because it doesn't. It just doesn't work out to a favorable, you know, price to to points ratio. So, yeah, I think you you find you know a, a run of fixtures that you like. You take the number one keeper, and then you pick the second guy in the depth chart in case the first guy gets gets injured, and that way you save yourself some money. So, instead of picking two number ones, you just pick the one and two from one team and and just ride it out. I like that. I really like that approach for uh, for that system. It does it does hedge your bets some in, in case both starters happen to be injured or getting called up or something. I so I, I like that approach, and I definitely agree with you as well, Andrew, because I I made rotation charts for the last couple of years, and they were a beast to make. Just let me tell you, trying to get all that worked out, and I didn't even bother this year because the last couple of seasons it's just not really been effective. And I think part of that's because the MLS schedule is different than the EPL schedule, where it's not every team gets a home game, every team gets an away game. So with the different conferences and, and the different number of times you'll play players, it's a little bit difficult. But yeah, I have found that to be kind of pointless, and I have to agree with with your comment about the uh, the only keeper to really go with right now. So let me uh, let me ask you this though. Uh, back sure. to the Hedges and Lloyd discussion. From from what I've talked, like from the people that I've talked to that are Dallas supporters, they all say that Hedges is the only nailed-on center back. That Figueroa could be playing left back or center back. Zimmerman can play center back or right or left back. Lloyd can play right, left, or center back. So there could be a lot right. of rotation. Whereas for me, you know, if I'm going to be paying nine nine mil, I want a center back who's going to be consistently, you know, getting, you know, the clearances, blocks, recoveries, you know, interceptions, so... Goals and... and goal, exactly. As well. He is a goal threat. And, and, yeah, I, mean, I, I don't know. I, I think every year, though, you, only on the bad teams do you see the, the constant shuffle to find the right match. I think Dallas is going to be good enough. I think whatever team you see week one, if they perform anything like we think they're going to perform, He's not going to keep tinkering with it. I mean, he's just going to whatever works is going to work. I mean, if this was like Colorado, yeah, it's like <laughs> well, I mean, sure, and that's sure. the honest thing. Like, you know, you know, we lost 5-0. So, let's throw some other guys in there. If if Dallas stumbles week 2 or 3, they know they're strong enough to just say that's just a loss. We'll just pick ourselves up and try it again next week. So, 
on an elite. I mean, Dallas is going to have a very elite squad. So I does agree. the 9.0 factor in on on that? Maybe. But if you could save yourself some money and still get, I mean, those other guys are going to get nailed on. I, I wouldn't. And you get two transfers a week, so. That's true, yeah. <clears throat> and just for me, like like going back to the defenders and keepers, I'm a big I'm a big proponent of having, you know, whatever team my keepers on, having one defender, just so that you know you have a higher chance of doubling up points on that. I do that. I've done that every single year in not only fantasy major league soccer but uh, fantasy Premier League. So like you know having hedges and Gonzalez or Gonzo and a Lloyd or something like that. I think it's a good idea. Well, you brought up those two, Andrew. Do you have any final thought on on the Lloyd starter? No, it, it was just an example <laughs> of something that I was looking at on my screen. So, <laughs> yeah, and no. I think that that you nailed it, guy. I mean, he was there last year. I think it's a safe bet to assume he'll probably at le- if he doesn't stay there. I mean, it's it's nice that he can rotate around, but I, I think he'll at least start out in that position and go going forward. So, but I mean, pay attention to the preseason games. Maybe something crazy happens. Who knows? Who knows? So I guess Fair right enough. before we go, do you guys have any? early value player picked out right now. I know we haven't looked at stats a whole lot yet, but is anybody jumping out to you really quickly as a value? No, they're all so damn expensive. I, I really <laughs> don't. It is hard. It is hard. I've, I've got a couple that aren't like super duper budget, but uh, Francis from San Jose at $6 million I think is going to be good value for the year. And then Fabinho for six point five up in Philly I think is going to be another player that presents some good value. And that's, a, you know, Francis I was big on in, a couple weeks ago when we were discussing players as a good value pick. Um, <clears throat> I uh, I really do like, I believe it is, I'm just trying to find his name on here. Um, well, uh, I, I know for, for a scrub, uh, I think it's Gillen is the only 4.0 player in the game um, from Dallas, So and he has a potential to play. But I want to. I don't know. Was it? Vin, I think it's Vincent um, from Chicago. From Chicago, and he uh, he came on as a sub yesterday, and I believe yeah, he's 5.0. Uh, I think that he will crack the starting lineup for Chicago, and a 5.0. I, I believe he plays left back, but you know, for a 5.0 starter, uh, could be a potential. You know, Woodbury. Or even uh, last year's Hoberry, and Hoberry I think is going to be good too at 5.5 if he starts. <laughs> I know I, I know that Reed has a man crush on him, so it's like his name. <laughs> that is a good point. Before we move on, Jason, that if you are trying to go budget on your defense or on your bench in general, there is only one 4.0 million dollar defender in the game, so you will not be able to double that up for your free bench if you run. A three-man back line. So he's only four point fives. Yeah, he's only thirty percent owned too, which kind of baffles me. I mean, even if you're running a four-man back line, you know he's a four point oh defender. I don't know why you wouldn't have him in your. Well, he is from Dallas, and so if you're thinking about trying to load on some Dallas players, if you're going to go with a goalkeeper, a a main defender, you're probably going to get a midfielder from there, and you you may go with a forward or maybe double up on your midfield. You may not have room for a four point oh just bench trash over there. Very true. So we have all that. But that's a lot of talk about keepers and defenders. Let's move on to what I kind of think this is some of the bread and butter of fancy this year, especially with all the the, but the midfielders. 
Yeah, so I'm going to start this off with the value pick of the season, even shits from Seattle. I have no idea how they priced him so cheap at just 7.5. The dude is on all of our corners, all of our set pieces that are going to be crossed into the box. Um, so far this preseason, he's looked really good as that late runner out of midfield, getting plenty of shots from the top of the box. Um, I, I think he's going to be an absolute stud in fantasy um, at that price range. Obviously, he's not going to reach the lofty heights of a Diaz or a Javier Morales or anything like that. But even shits is uh, he's going to be a main staple for a lot of teams, I think. Just in case anybody is wondering, that's I-V-A-N-S-C-H-I-T-Z. <laughs> I agree with, uh, with you 110%. I think that that's going to be the value pick. Um, and I said it as soon as the game came out on Monday that for the price at 7.5 and the production that he's going to be on, or uh, the production that he's going to be doing throughout the season, it's going to be it's going to be great. And he's, I agree with that. He's a staple for the team. Um, I'm glad that they that they actually moved Dempsey out of midfield and put him as a forward. I'm glad that they're starting to really see who's a forward, putting him there, who's a midfielder, and putting him there. Um, you know. Again, with with the midfielding, with, with all the pricing, uh, I, with this new budget, I mean, you can have a stacked midfield again. I think that win at 11 million is kind of ridiculously overpriced. Um, I, I think that the wingers, so like a Finlay, are going to not reach the potential points that they did last year just because of the new point structure and it's going to be very difficult to duplicate what he did last year but um, yeah I uh, yeah I, I haven't really dug in too much of great punts yet but you know I think uh, Ivan Schitt's even Schitt's is better being your lineup even a calm too at 9 mil he's going to be a beast I, I think Wynn is a, an interesting one to point out as far as his pricing go because he scored a, exactly 30 points fewer than he scored last year. So it's 30 fewer points than he did last year, and, and he's at 11. So I, I do also wonder about him as well, and that kind of leads me into a question that we saw on Reddit. Do you think some people are getting a point increase just because of their name? And in Wynn's case he's got some of those national team appearances now. Is that something of, that's a guy who's known he's going to jump out, so you're going to pay, I don't know if you want to call it a premium or if you want to call it a penalty, but people like Kaká, people like Gerard, people like Lampard, people like Piotti, uh, sorry, not Piotti, people like Prelo, those those guys... Pirlo. It, sorry. <laughs> you know how... I know David how this David Dilla. Are... Did those guys perform to that level last year? No. Mm -mm. <laughs> I mean, so no. we agree. It's, it's just like, you know that guy, you're going to pay him, so there he is. It's, it's the tax for that guy. Now, I did advocate when we did I, have some discussions preseason with, with Ben about the prices. I was the person who advocated for, for Finlay to be a little bit higher than it originally was. I don't remember what what the numbers were, but I, I think he did well enough last year that he should have deserved a bump. 
So I'm, I'm happy to see him. He was, uh, I think, the fifth highest scoring player overall. Dude worked his butt off last year, so I, I think he's he's worth a nice little bump. Yeah, but if you look at, I mean, like, MPG, $8 million. And he was hurt for, like, half the year. Exactly. That's a fantastic budget option, too, after suspension game one. Oh, I definitely agree, especially with some of the other uh, point-generating options that, that people have now that he may be able to take advantage of. But can... How do you factor that in? I mean, he was hurt, so that is a risk itself if someone is easily injured. Sure. But you can't say, well, if he hadn't been hurt, he would have gotten this. I mean, we'd love to look at the points for 90 and say, well, he could have gotten this, but we can we really base our our points on that? I don't think the prices factored in the potential points that players could get from these new scoring categories. So, But, yeah, that he's definitely one that I would have on my list as someone to look at. Um, there are only three 11 million players anyway win question and, and fail hover. I, I don't know if all three of those people will actually have as good of a year as they had last year. Yeah, and, and there's so many players that have even moved. I mean, like Christian Maidana from Philadelphia to Houston. I think that that could be a very sneaky pick, too, at $9 million. Um, you know, I mean, even Ship coming in to uh, to Montreal at $8 million playing that, you know, center attacking mid-roll. You know, he could be good, too. You know, Maidana was the one guy that I was looking at. Just because if you look at how garbage Philly was last year for so many stretches, like he was the lone bright spot on that team. Uh, if you put him in a system like Houston, um, assuming, you know, they put Bruin more toward the bench and bring in... Uh, <laughs> you know, have a thing against forwards. Kubo. No, I, I don't. Yeah, Kubo. I mean, Kubo, Maidana, are you kidding me? That, if that, let's make that happen. I mean, seriously. And then the other, so the interesting thing this year that I saw right away was Iguain gets moved from forward to the midfield. So now having an Iguain Kamara double team makes sense. You know, I mean, he did have you know eight goals, nine assists last year, so he's no slouch. Yep. But Columbus only have one double game week all year. So, I mean, how much are you really going to use that at this point? It seems like every, what, two, three weeks last year, there was either a bye week or a double game week for Columbus, and we were just trying to figure out, do we start both of them? And, you know, this year it's kind of out of the, out the door. So, I don't know, man. I'm, my train of thought is kind of gone on this one now. Yeah. <laughs> we'll blame Simon. We're definitely going to blame So, him. while we're on the topic of Columbus midfielders, I think it's a good opportunity to start talking about the defensive midfielders. Yes. Um, with, with all the points changes that happened this year, ultimately I still think that the defensive midfielders just aren't worth it once you consider that we've got all this extra money that we can pay up for the more expensive defender or midfielders. But if you're going to get one more budget midfielder, make it Ivan Schitz, and if you're going to get two... <laughs> Will Trapp is a legitimate option at $7 million. Um, he really benefits from the scoring changes to where I think he's he's actually somebody that I've been considering in my team. If he can stay healthy. I agree. If he can stay healthy, though, he's very concussion-prone. That's why he was out for whatever it was, 13 games last season. But I agree with you 100%. So do you, is it mostly his 7.0 price, or do you think that he's going to produce better points than someone like Dax or Alonzo? Um, I I think he'll 
approach what Alonzo would produce with the new scoring changes. I think it'll be pretty close. Um, so coming in at you know a whole 1.5 cheaper than Alonzo, I I would definitely rather go with Trap over Alonzo. Why would you not spend the 0.5 more and go with Laba, who would probably get more points in that? I'm just playing devil's advocate here. Um, I'm I'm not projecting that Laba gets more points than Trap does, so. Gotcha. There's the answer. I don't know. It, it, I mean, <laughs> it's even though I'm a rational person and by profession I'm somewhat of an analyst. Uh, I just I put Chara on my team just to see what it looked like, and I wanted to slap my own hand. Like, no, you don't do that. <laughs> like, until I see these guys start producing, like until I see the actual mechanism giving points, I, I have a hard time overcoming this hump that the, 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 the easiest way to score points is by scoring goals. And if you have the extra money to get goal scores, then you go for goal scores. I don't know. Especially it is, the new shot stat. Exactly. I mean, you don't even have to shoot it at the net. You can just shoot it. Just. <laughs> I mean, if you see the referee about to blow his whistle, just punt it. I mean, you're going to give me a point. So that's that. Maybe that's our advice for all of us in the fantasy world to any MLS player who may somehow listen to this podcast. If the referee is going to blow his whistle, just just shoot it for us. Just just kick the shit out of it. Boom. There we go. There Dunsky. we go. Well, let's go to forwards, and I think we've uh, exhausted that some. And Guy has an irrational hate towards many forwards, so I'm looking forward to hearing what he has to say. But Jason, kick us off with with some forwards. Get your Mavsisian. I just had to say that. Of course. I just okay. Now that I got that out of the way, um, like I said before, you know, I think that Jivinko should have been priced a little bit higher, just since he was the best player. Um, and this kind of goes back to what type of formation are you running? You're going to be running a four-four-two. Um, you know, a 3-4-3. Three, three. Um, I'm currently running a 3-4-3. Three, three. Uh, but I think that with this new, you know, with the new uh, budget, you know, you can viably have Keen, BWP, Giovinco, you know, substitute Via or Kamara or Drogba into any of those, and you can have, you know, three premium forwards and uh, it could be you know very lucrative for you um, for me though with the new point changes I'm personally going to be looking at more of the center forward type so like the Giovinco's or, or uh, David Villas that do pass the ball do lay it off um, get the key passes get a lot of shots on target or shots on goal now excuse me um, and, uh, you know, I think that really under $9 million, there's no viable options. And at $9 million, watching DC yesterday, Acosta looked great. Um, obviously, everybody in the world knows I'm a massive Euro Movsisian fan, but uh, I told myself that to take the homerism out of it, if he does not score tonight, that I would take him out of my lineup until he gets hot. And he's missed a couple sitters tonight. Um, but yeah, you know, I'm, I'm interested in seeing even Gashi from Colorado. I talked about him a couple weeks ago on our podcast, uh, Dwyer being the lone striker in Kansas city at 10 million could possibly be, uh, you know, a viable option. Even an Audi in Portland could be very good as well. So 
I'm excited though, seeing all the different types of options and actually being able to to put in, you know, three 10 million plus players. Um, could be fun to watch. Could be a, be a lot of fireworks this year. I'll tell you that. I do understand why a lot of people uh, think Geo should have been higher, or at least are excited that he's not higher. Uh, based on the prices that are there, though, with the four guys that are 11.5, currently four guys, Geo, Martins, Keenan, Drogba, I, I think he's in good company. So I, th- I think it's fair that if if you're going to have people who are at that top price, if 11.5 is the top price, then those are four guys who definitely should be right there on that list. I think Dos Santos is a bit high at, at 11. I don't I don't know. I think there's some stuff there. And I think even, even Villa is a little high based on some of his performance last season, um, but I, I find the forward prices pretty pretty straightforward, similar a lot of ways to what they had last year. Um, there's some decent values, I think. I don't know, Dwyer might be a little overpriced. I don't, I don't know, but um, we'll see with him being the target guy now. I just lost my train of thought, too, Guy. I was looking at Altidore on the roster here and was just t- thinking about how, um, in case anyone didn't know, he's got a hamstring injury again. Weird. So, He's got a talent injury. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I mean, I I feel like I mentioned this in in the article I, I had go up with at the MLS this this week that I I still think we might see a lot of formations that go with one forward or two forward and people try to maximize midfielders over that. Um, so I don't know if you guys want to weigh in on that thought, but do you do you think this will be a year to look at the three? front forwards because of the shot stat that's going on, or do you think midfielders, a heavy midfielder line might be where it really goes? Well, what I said before, I think that having, you know, those center forward type of mm-hmm. players that pass a lot, that shoot a lot, so your Bradley Wright Phillips, your Giovinkos, your Villas, uh, even your Kamaras, I want to say last year, I remember we had an episode last year that discussed Kamara's shots um, to shots on target, and I want to say he had I want to say it was like seven or eight shots per game with only two on target. But his, yeah, the dude's a shotgun blast. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I think it was you, Guy, and you, it was like, but but on his shots on target, I want to say he scored, it was like 97% of his shots on target. So, you know, you want those type of players that are shooting consistently. I don't care if you're shooting from, you know, the edge of the 18, if you're shooting from, from the six. I want shots on target, and I want passes, and obviously you want proven goal scores, so... I'm going with three up, three up top. Maybe more difficult to change my formation later on, but with the two, with your two um, uh, transfers each week, and if you have at least a viable, you know, bench sub or two bench subs, that should be no issue whatsoever. And a lot of this yeah. will, of course, come down to what you what you view as a value forward. Well, a value forward now is it's the whole thing is flipped on its head. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, as long as they're shooting the ball. It's 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 gravy, you know. Kamara may have just became the most valuable player in MLS this year because <laughs> I mean because he's not afraid to take a shot. I mean he's he's proven that. And he's on the eight. know. Yeah, he'll just blast him away, and that's and that's fine. Like now that stat helps him as opposed to hinders him. I mean he should have had so many hat tricks last year, but he walked <laughs> away from a lot of games with just a single goal because he just he just shoots. But <clears throat> to the Giovinco point. We're getting such a huge influx of cash to spend on teams. I mean, honestly, he should have been a fourteen or fifteen million dollar player. If, Is if there it, a reason not to have him? 
Well, right now, no. If you don't have Javinko on your team at 11.5, you're doing fantasy wrong. Like, there's <laughs> something that you're not understanding. because I was expecting a choice word from you. Well, uh, this isn't my pod. This is uh, the, the clean <laughs> version. But, I mean, honestly, if, if any EPL star this year gets 22 goals and 15 assists, next year, with a $100 million budget, they're going to be a 13.5 yep. or, or more player. And that makes the the next iteration of the game, it makes you have to decide, is it worth this huge amount of my budget or do I go find three stars somewhere else? Right now, there's no incentive not to have him. So, I mean, if he had come out at 14, who could have complained? 22 and 15, who could have complained? Plus all the attack bonuses he had last year? I mean, 251 points in 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 an inaugural campaign. Now he knows the teams? It's going to be ridiculous. Plus, Altidore is out of his way for the first two games. <laughs> but there's eight away Get games. But there's eight away games. But when you're not from America, it's it doesn't matter. No. Now, th- there's eight games in away game. Yeah, well, th- there was actually a stat. I don't know who put it up. It was somewhere on Reddit that said his PP90 at home, I think, I want to say it was around, God, was it like, I don't know, seven points per game. It was like 7.58 points per game. And then his PP90 away was like 7.53. It was so minimal that, yeah. you know, he's still scoring. So that was away. actually me that posted that. Yeah. <laughs> I, I figured it was you. points per 90 was 8.76, and his away points per 90 was 7.54. So there's, there's a full point plus difference in home and away, and uh, I'm actually not running Giovinco in my team at the moment. You're doing it. <laughs> that will change. That will Simply change. Simply because I think there is multiple different rotations out there that you can do with your forwards for these first eight weeks while Giovinco's touring America <laughs> that <laughs> will outscore what Giovinco does in those first eight weeks. But after that, yeah, if you don't have Giovinco, you're an idiot. Um, well, but, I mean, so here's the problem with with that is we're still doing the... Uh, Average score. The, yeah, the, the, the price rise is based on performance. So building your first team, I mean... It could get. I mean, he got so out of control last year that you had to wild card to get him in your team if you didn't plan right. And I, I just just having him on because he's never going to lose you money. Like he's just not that type of player. With with his key passes, with his uh, you know attacking bonuses, just getting shots. I mean, he knows he's the guy in Toronto. Michael Bradley knows it. Will Johnson better know it? Even Altidore knows it, and he doesn't know a lot. And but he gets to learn a lot from sitting on the bench. He well, he showed us how to get a red card from the bench. <laughs> <laughs> Donkey. But no, I, I just I'm I'm gonna go with him. And yeah, like you said, there's there's no reason not to have three really pricey forwards starting out. And yeah, I mean every year it does start out with you know defenses kind of rule the roost for the first few weeks, but you can find enough home fixtures with enough good guys that. I'm just going just nuts on forwards this year. It's I'm not holding anything back. Yeah, I'm definitely in the same the same boat where it's expensive forwards, then that's it. Um, I'm also running with three. I think David Villa's 
beginning schedule is just too good to pass up. Um, and then for a third option, I'm I'm not really sure exactly what I'm running, um, but I'm looking at some sort of weird rotation with uh, Keen and Drogba and Irudi from huh. Dallas. If he's able to lock down that starting role by the time their double game weeks start coming around, I, I think he's going to be a good option simply because there aren't great forwards that have double game weeks in that first one at least. So I'm I'm looking at him in a couple weeks. God, how much better did Dallas get now that they got rid of Blas Perez? <laughs> I mean, every year he would start out, and he only has like five games worth of energy per year. Because well, he's like out, 65 years yeah, old. Yeah, he would, he would come out and like, yeah, hey, he's... You can't talk too much. RSL's getting up there in age. Hey, 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 this isn't about RSL. This is about somebody else. <laughs> but, I mean, yeah, he would come out and you'd be like, oh, man, Blas Perez, I'm gonna, you got to pick him up. He's so hot. And then he would just... Like, you could literally just watch the wheels fall off around week six, and you're like, oh, that was... That was dumb. Shouldn't have picked him up. Arudi, I mean, if Arudi, Arudi's biggest problem is he doesn't know how to pace himself. He just runs and runs and runs, and he's he's so fast. But man, you put Arudi and Castillo on the same team, you have the fastest team in the MLS right there. All Diaz has to do is just pick out one of the two runs, and that team could score six goals a game and not even blink. Dallas is so scary this year. I'm scared of Dallas's midfield, though. I mean, you got Castillo, Diaz, Barrios. Uh, was it Grusso? You know, Olo or Olo, Oloa, Acosta, Ortiz, Rosales, Hollingshead, Zendejas. You have all of these. I mean, you have so many players. It's like, yeah, they can score six goals a game, but they're going to be scored by six different people. Like, I can't see Castillo or even Diaz putting up the same numbers because there's going to be so much rotation within the midfield. Now, I think, I mean, yes and no. Because I think that Dallas, once they have healthy players, they do fall into a, a, a very definitive pecking order. Um, now I think the real problem this year is going to be with L.A. I think Dos Santos no longer feels like a rookie. Keane's getting a bit older, but he doesn't realize he's not the top dog anymore. <laughs> Gerard's still there. Legette's going to get his share of goals. Mm. And you got Gordon coming off the bench who's going to get some goals from some guys. I think L.A. is going to be the dangerous one where, yeah, they can score goals when they're healthy, but they're going to have a harder time coping with those kind of alpha personalities on who gets the goals on which day. So I'm much more pro-Dallas than pro-L.A. For, for them figuring it out sooner. And Dallas usually does come out of the gate hot. The last couple of years, they have come out hot. Hmm. Good to know. So there we go. Take the bull out of horns and get some And they got the players. double game week. They do some good, some good stuff. Well, that was a bit more heated with Fords than I thought it was going to get. Uh, I guess we'll just cover at least one more quick question before we move on. Uh, as far as benches go, in the past, we've usually, at least on this show, advocated having the budget bench or just no bench at all. Are you guys considering having some legit starters or maybe risking it with some defensive midfielders down there on your bench, or are you just going to move every bit into your field? Well, personally, I'm... So, that fourth spot for me... Except your keeper, of course. Yeah, the the fourth (laughs) spot for me is going to be a $4 million guy, because... If you're active and you have two transfers, 
there's no way you should ever build a team that needs the fourth sub. So just put that outside your mind. Make that last spot the cheapest guy you can make them and invest that money elsewhere. I plan on having one real definitive star starter on my number one slot and then two mid-tier guys that uh, I could call upon if uh, an injury happens or something. But it's going to be a mix of uh, a budget, but definitely lower cost than what people are thinking. I've seen a lot of people rate my teams. Y'all are spending way too much money on your bench when you got that much cash to put on your starting (laughs) 11. Definitely. Yeah, I'm only I'm I'm building my team uh all 11 locked in starters, you know, high, you know, high uh high price players. I'm only having one sub and that's going to be uh, Axel Hoberry, Hoberg, Hoberry uh, from from Colorado at 5.5 and even then I don't know if I'm going to actually have him as a lock yet. Um, I, you know, but I think that, you know, investing all of your money or at least 99.9% of it into your starting lineup and then maybe getting one sub is, is smart. I know that last year there was a rash of injuries where a lot of teams were decimated and we only had, you know, nine players starting just because of the MLS shuffle and, injuries and things like that. Um, but I think to start out the season having, you know, all of your money invested in your, uh, your starting 11 and then maybe, maybe one in, uh, your bench is good to go. Yeah. I'm building my team exactly the same way as that. I'm putting all my money in my 11 and then I've got one bench player. Um, right now it's Francis from San Jose for 6 million and the rest is just a bunch of scrubs. I uh, currently have fallen somewhere in between. I, I had two two bench players on mine, both of them kind of on the cheaper. Well, and I, I'm hedging my bet, though. I mean, when I say I want one star player, just in case. So if I'm putting so much into my starting 11, if one of those guys just happens to be benched or rested because MLS or because they don't like to play on turf or whatever, I want a genuine star to come off the bench to replace them. So <clears throat> I want that, and then it's... Kind of getting into the year. I mean, some of those guys just—they don't travel well. Like I don't—I don't want to be surprised. I don't want to have a situation where I only have ten guys playing. So I, I do plan on having some scrub coverage, but they'll still be starters sure. on some level. Except for that fourth guy, he's definitely not a starter. <laughs> there's there's that 4.0 for you. All right, well, that's all that we're going to go over with with the players for right now. Thank you, everyone, who submitted questions. Sorry if we couldn't get to your particular question. I know the last few episodes we've not really covered the this player versus this player, like the, the Diaz versus Castillo type, type questions. Been waiting a little bit until the next show for that kind of thing when we actually have some hard numbers to go with. So I see your posts. Keep putting them back up there. We'll, we'll get to some of that stuff in future episodes. But thank you, everyone, who, who does contribute with the questions every every week. Uh, the last thing we're going to cover before we wrap up the show is, of course, not just prices were released. We got the actual look at the schedule for... Major League Soccer as divided by the fantasy game and, and our wonderful friend Ben Bear. So if you haven't already, I, I have posted my draft two of the preseason schedule at MLS Fantasy Boss and on Twitter, so feel free to look that up if you like that one. I think a couple of people usually post these things. Uh, but I'm sure you guys have at least seen a schedule for at least the first few weeks. Am I right? 
Oh yeah. I'm yeah. So, so we already gave our reactions to that earlier. So here's here's the the full thing. And of course, I'll go ahead and say Guy already touched on it. That early bye week that we were worried about does not happen in week four. We had some double game weeks instead. Um, there's only two wild cards. Uh, there were some questions about that at the beginning. Now we will be getting one free wild card between rounds one and seventeen and a second free wild card between between rounds 18 and 34. So we will get two of those to go along with the two that already exist. I, I like the schedule. I still like it. Um, I, I feel like there's a good cluster of, of double game weeks and a good cluster of bye weeks that um, make it easy to work around. Maybe not easy to work around, but can be planned to work around, and it's not like everything is just jammed. Like the middle of the season looks kind of great where you can just kind of coast through it. Um, I feel like the wild cards, I like them, but it's kind of cruel because round 17 is right before the big bye week in, in game week 18, but if you waited to use your wild card there, you also have round 25, which has six buys, and then round 27, which has six buys, so it's like, oh my gosh, do I have to save up for that? There, there's a couple of vicious times of where I don't know if using an early wild card is going to be what I want to do now. I burned my wild card week two last year and never looked back. But looking at this schedule with some of these crazy things that are going on, how are you going to plan game week 25 with the, let's see here, eight, the eight buys, everyone playing in round 26, and then six buys in round 27, and then double game well, weeks in 28. So, yeah, I guess that's the second wild card. But, I mean, it's doable. I mean... Do you use it in 24 before all that, or do you use it in between, or try to plan? Because, I mean, I guess the smart thing is to try to plan with your trades up to 25, and then to have that last year through 26 and use your wild card in 27 to deal with some of that. But, I mean, that's kind of intensive. You still have game week 32, where almost every team is on a bye. So, it's I, it's it's interesting. I, I like the wild cards. It's going to make for some interesting strategies, but Ben Bear is kind of cruel. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's for sure. But I do like. But in general, what do you guys think of the schedule now that we see the more the more full official version? I love it. I I think, I mean, it's still not perfect. And it, it, but it's not that's not Ben's fault. It's the MLS's fault because, you know, they just schedule teams to play so such compact schedules sometimes, and then they just huge get lapses. And I don't care what anybody says. Like, if you want to be a legitimate, you know league on the world stage, you can't have a team like Toronto start out with nine home ga- away games. That's well, I think just... this is the last year it's going to happen, though, because they were doing, this is like phase three of their stadium okay, renovation. Well, okay, so they're saying so... this is the last year it's going to happen. Um, they also made a rule one time saying that you could only play in a soccer-specific stadium, and we know how well that rule's been enforced lately, so uh, there's a whole bunch of things that could still go wrong with that. So. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Toronto yeah. shouldn't be playing nine away games to start the year. That's just you, you can't have a competitive league and have that. That's just my thoughts. I don't I don't I don't work for them. That's that's why I don't write for MLSsoccer.com. <laughs> so you just stay to those European sites. The Euros love me. What can I say? <laughs> it's the rage. It's the rage. No no thoughts, Andrew? Um no, not really. I just kind of take the schedule as it comes and put out the fires as needed because there are always plenty. That's it. That's that's the way to just roll with the punches. 
Yeah, I, uh, I'm taking a different approach to this season with the scheduling. Is um, Bill Belichick said it best? You know, they take their seasons a quarter at a time. So you know that ball was fully inflated. Yes, 100%. Okay. PSI is good. No, I, I hate the Patriots. Um, but I'm gonna take I'm gonna take the MLS season as that as well. You know, kind of going quarter by quarter. You know, the first eight games, our first ten games, um, and just doing it that way. You know, a lot, a lot of people um, looking at the I'm sorry, looking at the schedule. The first the, the first what 18 I'm sorry 13 game weeks look pretty wide open. Um, I'm gonna try to get in as many you know double game week players as possible. But uh, that what you alluded to, Reese, um, you know 25 and 27. That's gonna be difficult. And um, I'm assuming that the schedule. Do you think the schedule is gonna change at all anymore? Or you think it's going to stay pretty? I think it will change once we see some of the CCL results, and and it's it's bound to change some throughout the year as as things progress. Yeah, yeah Montreal didn't play for like three months last year or something, right? Yeah, because they were winning. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. No. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure we'll see some some more changes. I don't know if we'll see any before the season starts, but I'm sure there'll be some adjustments after. Uh, all the rounds of what the CCL games should all be finished before we start. Um, then we're going to have the World Cup qualifying and in March, and then we're going to have the the Voyagers Cup there up in Canada. So I'm sure that's that could impact some things. If the most of those teams are already on a bye, Copa America is going to be going on. So there's there's some other tournaments that are going to be going around that that could potentially impact uh, the rest of the season. Well, the way well the way MLS teams are playing doesn't look like they'll be in CCL. <laughs> that's you know that's true too. RSL's down one nothing too. So not till the Timbers get there next year, baby. Shut up. Uh, very good. Well, thank you everyone for listening to the show today. I'm going to end with a few announcements and then let these guys give any plugs that they have. Uh, this is all about leagues. So the MLS Fantasy Insider League is up. If you have not already joined, you can do that uh, by finding the link on Reddit, finding it on MLS Fantasy Boss, or just going to type in the code 10-318, and that will join you into our listeners' league. We are going to have a enhanced, I guess is the best way to call it, the MLS Fantasy Insider hosts head-to-head league. This year we've invited, of course, all the guys who are on the show right now, plus Travis and Simon, and we've invited some people from Europe who did well, uh, Fantasy Football 24-7, um, who I think they scored in the top... Ten at least. Were they top five guy or was it at least just top ten? Uh, I, I know they were top ten. I don't know if they got Definitely that Definitely top high. ten. Uh, we've invited Fantasy Football First, uh, who was voted one of the best fantasy MLS websites uh, by uh, by Reddit this past season. Uh, we're going to have a few regular question contributors to the show on, and I don't know if who else is scheduled just yet. But uh, it should be more fun. We hope more interactive with, with the banter this year for the, the special. It is invite only, so sorry. Uh, but it, that's a nice little thing here. But that's what the Classic League's for. Of course, there's the r slash fantasy MLS league that you can go and join. Uh, that is also, of course, available at the Reddit, but you can join it with the code 10-317. And that's the one where there's going to be prizes, and it scarves people. Um, some people ask for other things, but I like scarves, and until we find a sponsor who can help us get some more cash, that's what we get. So, scarves. That's where it's at. But if you're still looking for more leagues than just those, there's lots of great leagues that are out there. The Euro guys have their own leagues. Some other fantasy blogs have their leagues. 
go to r slash fantasy MLS at Reddit. There is a sticky at the top that has just a place where people can advertise their leagues. So if you've got one, post it. If you're looking for one, go take a look at it right there. And of course, at the top of the sub is the official list of the r slash fantasy league. So um, Andrew, has MLS, r slash MLS gotten theirs up yet? Um, I don't believe so. Okay, so keep an eye on that. Some of them, some of them are coming. But yeah, take a look at all those. It's going to be a lot of great things. Not many head-to-head leagues. I know Ben Jot. I don't know if he got his going or not yet. But uh, from upper ninety, but a few, a few things are out there. As far as that, uh, check out Travis's MLS post tomorrow if you're listening to it on Thursday today, and it's all about some stats crunching that he's done through Opta. And that should be some some good things for everyone who's just just longing for more stats about these new new point producing positions. Check those out. That's um, going to be a big one. It will be a big one. And of course, Andrew will have some similar stuff coming up on MLS Fantasy Boss that's for you to read and talk about next week on MLS Fantasy Insider. Um, so what else, guys? You guys have anything else you're going to want to plug? Um, I, I want to just something that that I had in my uh, in my notes that. We did not discuss um, oh, for, def- for defenders. How dare us, all of us, for not bringing up Opara? No, oh, very true. That's the I had I had it highlighted, circled, starred, and I completely forgot to. I think he if he starts, he'll be fantastic as a defender. Just to just to throw that out, and then for uh, Dilla's donuts, he wanted me to shout out. Yura, go Yura, Yura, for Dillas. <laughs> Did someone just win the over/under with that? There was no over/under today, but okay. But I think uh, he's going to be out of my lineup because he sucked it up tonight. Lit yeah. here. Well, I want to say that I will be putting my articles again on uh, FF twenty four seven. So those are my what did I call those? My planning and scheming articles that were on Reddit every week. That sounds right. Yeah, and then I'll be um, writing for FPL Bet for all the daily stuff. And I do have a podcast of my own called um, Married Man's Guide to Sports Addiction. So that's a fun time. Yeah, you should come over and listen to that. Uh, It's not safe for work, and uh, I have a very good time doing it. So Maybe we can take guest spots on your show. Anytime you guys want to chime in, man. (laughs) That sounds like a no. No, hey, it's I, I come home and I record on Tuesdays. So if anybody wants to uh, swear along with me and uh, talk about sports, ooh, ooh, I want to, I want to, yeah. But that's all I got. I'm gonna be be a busy boy coming up here. I'm sad about that. That's you, Andrew. Anything going on? Yeah, I just want to throw a shout out to the chat on MLSFantasyBoss.com. Um, there's tons of good advice being given and asked about in there. So if you got questions and you need an immediate answer, that's the place to go. And it's free. I just like to throw that out there because it's, yeah, it's free. It's on the side. Just do it. Yeah. Well, thank you, everyone, for being on the show tonight. Thank you, everyone, for listening. I know it was a little bit longer than last week, especially if, if we do have our little Simon break in the middle. Uh, so I hope you found some interesting advice. Check back with us next week where we get into the stats. And with that, good luck.